Hi, I'm Justin Rosso. Welcome to this podcast of Next Step Press, where we help you take a next step. Today we'll be sitting with hymn number eight in the resource When From Death I'm Free, a hymn journal for Holy Week from Next Step Press. That song is The Dignity of the Cross by Kip Fox. You can find the words and music on page 77. Perhaps you'd like to color the artwork on page 79 as you listen to the podcast today. In today's podcast, I get to sit down with the co-founders of Breathe Life Ministries. Steve and Jamie Wishman will talk to us about taking a next step following Jesus, especially in a time of sheltering at home and living with COVID-19. You'll hear Steve and Jamie read the scripture lessons on page 81, and we'll talk about those some. You'll hear me read the devotion on page 82. And Steve and Jamie and I will discuss what Jesus is up to in our lives as he cultivates a sacred space where he can invite us to rest, heal, and play. Well, you hear us talk a little bit about what it means to release what I thought today was going to look like so I can receive from Jesus what today's actually going to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm here with Steve and Jamie Wishman from Breathe Life Ministry. I'm here in Brighton, Michigan. Last time I did it from here, I was with Kip Fox and the lake was frozen over. But today, there's a bass tournament out on the lake and I see about eight fishermen from here from my window on Lake Chemung. Steve and Jamie, where in the world are you guys today? We're in Tomball, Texas, just north of Houston, enjoying a rather overcast uh, day that's been going on for about two days. All right. Uh, how's the temperature down there? I'm wearing sweatpants, but it's probably like 60. <laughs> oh, a chilly 60 degrees. Okay, yes, thanks, definitely. thanks, Jamie. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you guys on the Next Step Press podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, and open our hearts and our minds and our lives to what you would do in us today. Thank you for our friendship. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this chance, even in social isolation and, and distancing, to draw near to you and draw closer to each other by gathering around your word. Will you please give us exactly what you would have us take away today and, and, and shape us and mold us to be more like Jesus? Thank you for being with us. Amen. Amen. Matthew 13, verses 44 to 45. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So hearing those two scripture verses uh, kind of laid next to each other, is there anything that jumps out at either of you? Um, yeah, for me... I remember seeing that or hearing that Matthew verse a lot of times growing up. And um, I don't know if it was just my own take on it or just the way I heard it talked about, but I remember mostly thinking that that was something that we do, we, that we are the one seeking a treasure. And when we find it, we sell everything and um, 
and and that's part of following Jesus. So then being in this place where thinking that I'm the treasure, I'm the pearl of great price, that Jesus would give up everything for me is, is a new thought to me in recent years and one that makes me mm. feel very important. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost surprising. Um, I'm not sure I considered myself that valuable mm. or worth that much. Mm. Um, it's nice to know that he thinks of me that way. Awesome. Steve, anything that jumped out to you? Yeah, this is it's funny because I, I wasn't actually thinking of this before we started talking right now. But the being in quarantine um, the last week or so, <laughs> after weeks of Jamie recovering from back surgery, so we were already not doing a lot of things. Um, listening to that first verse of Hebrews 12, let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. And as a, as a student athlete, you know, growing up uh, like that, always, that image always captured me. I loved the running stuff, the working hard stuff. And what I'm finding is the running of the race of faith and the enduring, the hardest parts for me to endure are the parts where I can't seem to picture what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, and here it invites me to turn my eyes to Jesus and see what he's done um, to kind of, and so sometimes I think that like right now we're finding that the best thing that many of us can do is to like not do anything, like sit back and allow things to happen. And then that that's, and that's the best we could do. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a good thing. And I think that for me has been an interesting one that always kind of sits at the root of the gospel of, of something that's been done for me. Um, And so that idea of what Jamie was saying of being so of such great value to God, that's at the heart of my value lies outside of me working hard. So sometimes running that enduring faith um, race is, looks the opposite of running and sweating <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah no that's really that's good. weird <laughs> yeah that's that's i mean if, if you actually take those verses apart a little bit run with endurance at looking to jesus and what he do well he's the one that authored and he's the founder and the finisher Under, of your faith yes but you're supposed to somehow be running with endurance i mean there's a both and there um yeah is it philippians 2 work out your salvation with fear and trembling fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do that which is pleasing right. in his sight. You don't even get credit for wanting to. I mean, the wanting to comes from God, the doing comes, comes from God. God. But you're supposed to also be actively engaged in working out your salvation. You yeah. Know? And there's a day where I think, you know, uh, where I'll run again and my, my muscles will be tired. My faith muscles will be tired. Right now, my my tired faith muscle is the one that's like trying to rest and working hard at that. <laughs> I've been, been working hard at resting. Sabbath is a lot of work, man. Yes. Yeah. We actually took a Sabbath on Friday. It rained. It had been beautiful and sunshiny for, you know, the first five or six days of quarantine. And I was so grateful for the Sabbath from resting so much, like <laughs> enjoying all the sunshine and sitting in it and enjoying my family and enjoying trying so hard to enjoy everything. We needed a break from rest. So we isn't took that, it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? We can, uh, we can turn anything into a work or an effort. You know, we, we got to really try hard yes. to rest, you know, and it becomes about us oh, working man. hard at resting. And oh, yes. man. 
I'll admit that after that Sabbath day, like it, I felt a recalibration in mm. me, like all the hard that I was trying before that, like wasn't really doing as much good as I thought it was. So to lean back, surrender to the reality of the life I'm living today yeah. and, and allow God to accomplish his purposes in it without trying so hard. It's yeah. hard enough. Yeah. Ah, the burden of trying hard. Mm. Mm. That's why I think <laughs> the, the core of, of this message in this, this song from Kip Fox uh, is, is really beautiful and really important for us today. I'm going to turn the page, and now I'm on page 82 of the, the hymn journal, and I'm going to just share this devotion the way it's written. It's called Holy for Us, like holy as in completely. Uh, I mean, holy, he's that too, but this is the completely holy for us. Look again at the treasure in the field and the pearl of great price. In both cases, the one who discovers the item of value is willing to sell absolutely everything. That's how much the treasure and the pearl are worth. Jesus even goes out of his way to mention the joy that comes from selling everything you have if you know it will buy you something of even greater value. Everything I own for that one pearl, for that one treasure, gladly, with joy. If you ever have cause to question your own value, if you ever feel like you have no worth, if your sin or failure or shame ever makes your life seem like a total waste, check your price tag. Because your price tag reads, the very life of the Son of God. Jesus read that price tag and considered eternity with you and eternity without you. And then with tears of joy, Jesus sold everything he had so he could afford to buy you. You were the joy set before Jesus that led him to endure the cross and even scorn its shame. The cross for that one pearl, for that one treasure, gladly, with joy. No greater price, no greater cost for you. You were worth it. That was Kip Fox's song, The Dignity of the Cross, and I'm with Steve and Jamie Wishman, founders of Breathe Life Ministry. Uh, what's Breathe Life Ministry all about? Well, we cultivate sacred space. We find that leaders often are running at such a pace that they don't even notice themselves. They don't notice what mm. they're feeling, what they're experiencing. 
some of the hardest things in their lives, they just run right past because they have more work to do. Mm. And so the first thing we do is create a space of rest um, because we find that in rest, the things bubble up, the important things bubble up that that God wants to Mm. address with his grace and his presence. (laughs) But they don't always bubble up in ways we like if anybody else has had a week like us. So lots of stuff has come up that we're like, well, I'd rather get back to work because that was uncomfortable. Oh, So that's why we find it very important to have somebody there with us to help us make sense of it. And so that's one of the things we do is try to help people make sense of it, uh, help it be safe so you can discover it Mm. and then have a grace voice to help make sense of it, to figure out what to do with it. What's where's God in that? Ask some different questions like that. Mm -hmm. Can I say something about the devotion? Yeah. (laughs) So. I'm a particularly emotional creature, but it's never really felt okay to be emotional. Uh, It's like I cry too easily Mm. or I try not to cry. And then when I'm trying not to cry, then I have to yell at everybody because the emotion has to come out somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And then I feel guilty and then I isolate and, you know, I just end up in this really ugly cycle. So um, seeing Jesus with uh, both emotions of joy and exuberance, but also the tears, it was, it just, I could identify with that, Mm. that seeing my emotion as created by God Mm. and even shared with Jesus himself. All that to say in our ministry, one of the things we do is help people sort out some of their emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're feeling angry, if we find ourselves impatient with everyone around us, Often there's some other things going on that are real hurts of our hearts, uh, griefs from our lives, our families, our work, our ministry that just build up over time. And to have a place, a a safe person to listen to, uh, like Jesus really, to catch our tears, Mm. uh, even honor the tears. Like I would understand you crying about that because that was hard, I would cry too, Mm -hmm. that's tough. Uh, so I liked I liked seeing the emotion mm. of Jesus. So that's for you part of that idea of cre- cultivating a space where you can notice what's actually going on and then, and then bring that to Jesus and let him um, be present with you in that. Yeah, yes. definitely. And that's, I would say that was an outgrowth of my own experience of mm. that, of coming to a place in ministry where... I felt like that wasn't happening for me. And, and there, we can go into all kinds of reasons for why that was. But what I discovered was Jesus was patient and willing to kind of press pause on my ministry, the doing of ministry, mm. because he cared about me mm. and, um, and got in there with me and helped me see my own heart and, um, and get it back, really. Um, and so we like to do that with people and see... Because we trust that Jesus loves those people and that he loves their heart and that he has good things for them. So it's fun to watch that part. But as Jamie said, when it first percolates, it can be a little scary (laughs) and a little overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I heard you talk about rest, and I happen to know you've got kind of three key words that you use in your ministry. And I know rest is one of them. What are are the other two? Uh, the, The second one is heal, and the third one is play. Okay, rest, heal, and play. Sign me up. Well, it's, it's interesting because when we first started uh, today, um, heal popped into my mind because we have a tagline that goes with that, which is your story matters. 
which mm. gets to a lot of what we were just talking about mm-hmm. is that um, sometimes we don't even know our own story of what's driving us to respond certain ways to certain people or, or to hide from certain parts of ourselves or our story. And we believe that Jesus thinks our whole story matters and that he wants to bring it out into the light to bring healing to the hurt parts and to, you know, ignite the dreams that he's placed there and all those kinds of things. And so the healing part is really a, is about you, your whole, your whole self, how he's created you, how he's redeemed you, uh, the plans he has for you, um, all of those things, which leads to the play part, which Jamie wants to tell you about. <laughs> Oh, I like to think that on the inside, I'm very playful. Um, I'm not sure it's on the outside as much as I would like yet, but I do believe the Lord is bubbling it up in me. Um, The concept of play is returning to the childlike place of knowing that everything is taken care of, that there's a daddy in charge and watching out for all the bad guys and giving me crayons and a <laughs> swimming pool and all the fun stuff. So I really don't have that much to worry about. There's a lot of discovery involved in it. You can take mm-hmm. risks, you can jump, because daddy's always around to protect and guide. Hmm. It's even a, a lighthearted approach to hard things. So play can look like just fun, But play can also be, this is hard, and I know it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard, but I also know it's temporary, and the Lord is working it for my good, and he's going to redeem all the lost parts. Hmm. So it doesn't sound quite as playful, but we want to be honest about the fact that life is not just uh, rainbows and unicorns all the time. Mm. There's hard Mm. stuff. Yeah. So we're on a a video conference call while we do this, so I can see that you're actually laying down because I know you've had back surgery in the not-too-distant past. Uh, So I get rest and I get heal. What does play look like when you've got to be in bed that much and you're in pain? And I don't don't get how play figures into that. Oh, that's a really good question. I've probably been (laughs) wrestling with that for a month myself. Mm. So one of the things I'm discovering is Uh, I'm very impatient with laying here in bed. I would like to be up and dancing with my girls and going on bike rides. So I often have felt kind of sorry for myself. Like, how is this what you have for me, Lord? Yet there's a place for me of surrender and releasing what I, what I thought what today was going to look like Mm -hmm. to receive what today actually is Mm. that just changes my perspective and helps me to receive when my daughter brings her book in and lays here next to me, or when my kids say, hey, will you come lay on the couch while we do such and such activity? That seems delightful to me and inclusive, and uh, it makes me feel important and fun still, even if it's not exactly what I would have chosen for myself today.
I love that idea of letting go of the day you expected to receive the, the day that you've been given. Um, and, and I like that idea of noticing yourself and what you're feeling and what, what you're experiencing, even your own emotions. I think that's something that, uh, Steve, I think you mentioned, uh, we tend to get so busy that we don't notice what we're feeling and often we're more comfortable that way. We'd rather be busy, yeah. too busy to notice what we're feeling. Yeah. Um, I could see how those people who have kind of committed themselves to service would feel a little bit like it's being self-centered to look at, mm. pay attention to me and myself and me, 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 me. What, what, do, you, what do you say to somebody yeah. who kind of feels that way about what you're doing? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, th this... This may be a little trite, but I'm going to start here, and I think it'll make sense in a minute. So mm -hmm. everybody's flown on the plane, and if you don't pay oh. attention to this part anymore. But at the beginning, they teach you about the oxygen mask, and if you have a kid with you and you're an adult, they yeah. tell you to put your mask on first, then you help the kid, because yeah. if you pass out, you're no good to your kid. <laughs> so, yeah. And I would, I would say it really, it really does fall into that category. And I remember when I first started doing this, I felt the very – I actually, that was my big misgiving. Mm. about this. I was like, I'm paying too much attention to myself. This is self-centered. It's, um, I'm going to get stuck in myself. Mm. And I, I will be honest and say, I did get stuck <laughs> in myself when I first did this. And I think a lot because I was completely unpracticed at it. But here's where I've come to on the other, well, I'm going to say the other side. It goes back and forth. It's oh, not okay. like I've reached the other side. Um, Whenever I would pray, most of the time when I prayed as a leader, I prayed for the people that I, you know, in my church, people I worked with. I I hardly ever can remember a time where I really prayed for myself, other than those quick prayers of like, "Oh God, please help with this," you know, like in a, in a moment. I've discovered, and it's hard for me. I still wrestle with this on a daily basis of putting my the the real parts of myself in front of God because I really don't actually like to notice them mm. and some of them are sinful things but some of them are just things where i'm hurt and i and i'm like i just don't want to live there i'd want to live happy um but i'm finding that when i do that he is faithful in those when i really do bring them to him he is faithful to heal wounds to take my grief i i, I get more creative when mm. that's happened um and one of the first people who helped me understand that there's a couple of guys who they work with Fortune 500 CEOs and stuff like that. And they said the number one thing they found that holds back these leaders of these massive billion-dollar, million-dollar companies is they don't know how to grieve well. And I was shocked. I was like, what? I want to know more. And they said they move right past it. They just add more work. Mm -hmm. And that's when I discovered that's what I do. That was my, my two ways of solving my own personal heart problems was work harder. So, you know, get accolades for working hard and do good work. And two was when that doesn't work, um, entertain myself somehow, sports, mm. food, shopping, you know, you name it. There's ways to kind of cover up that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't help like Jesus does <laughs> when you bring it to Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, this, so. Wow. Who would have known? You know? <laughs> like, it's, when you say it like that, that sounds almost, so obvious, but when you live it, you don't want to pay attention to that part of yourself. No. Um, and that's, mm -mm. that's really hard. We would be willing to give anyone in our congregations or our ministries or our families so much of that time and attention as much as they need. Um, and I believe as the pearl of great price, the Lord would give us all the time and attention we need to heal our hearts, to listen to our story, to dream big dreams, 
to recount every detail of the day if we need to. He's such a great friend in that way, great comforter, great listener. Uh, he's got great creative ideas. Hmm. So he would give the time to us. We just wouldn't really take it. It feels selfish, yes. but I don't <laughs> think it feels selfish to him. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. When, yes. when, when one of my kids is really excited or really hurting or really concerned about something and, and, and you go out of your way to stop what you're doing to give them your full attention, they, I don't think they ever experience that as them being selfish. You know, I, they, they just have something yeah. they need to get, they need to process with you and they need you to be there with them. What a great image for Jesus. He, he's never like, oh, come on, Jamie, are you kidding me? That's, you've been like talking about this for 10 minutes now. <laughs> I've never seen Jesus check his watch. Uh, just put it that way. So that, that dovetails into something that to me felt a little bit risky when I put it in the book originally. And it's still, I, I'm still wondering how it's going to end up going. We'll find out. But uh, page 84, there's this visual faith experiment, 84 and 85. And, and this is a version of a stained glass prayer. It's in the book. We've done it once already for somebody else. But in this version of that visual faith experiment, the directions tell you to put your name at the middle of this uh, prayer yeah. sheet. And then to, um, well, here, the third paragraph of the directions say, as you work, talk to Jesus about how he sees you. Remember, he gave himself wholly for you because of the joy he has in you. And, and I know that's a little bit weird to kind of put yourself in the middle of this prayer. It could feel a little bit self-centered. Uh, skip a paragraph, and then here's how the last two paragraphs on that page read. It's okay if you find some darker colors of confession in your window. Just remember this stained glass wants to reflect how Jesus sees you. Yes, he knows your sin, and he also thought you were a treasure, a pearl of such great value that he gave himself wholly for you. Ask Jesus what he likes best about you. Ask Jesus what makes him proud of you. Invite the Spirit to give you a glimpse into the heart of the Father for you. Write that down as you pray and marvel at the love that is yours in Christ. Uh, when, when you hear those directions for this prayer, what's, what's your response to that? I love it. <laughs> I totally love it. It makes me so excited. My own, but let me also say, uh, I can understand that this would feel very scary and very risky for some people. I remember the first time I was invited to do something like this myself. Um, it was a number of years ago, and I was shaking in my boots. I had red flags up all over the place, and I thought I was opening myself up to the devil. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting to note that I was very open to the fact that the devil could speak to me, but I was very suspicious that God might speak to me. So I, I would just like to tell anybody who's kind of nervous about this, like, I get you and I understand. And now numerous years into it, I would ask you to take the risk. If it's uncomfortable, if it doesn't go the way you think, take the risk because God wants to be heard by his people. And he says the most delightful things and has so much mm. to tell you about how wonderful he thinks you are. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so this is not like apart from God's word. We've been reading God's word this whole time. And now we get to a point where the book actually asks you to ask Jesus what he likes best about yeah. you. I know for some people that will primarily be uh, words right mm -hmm. out of scripture. And I think that's good too. Uh, 
And I think you do have a sense of some of the stuff that Jesus thinks is kind of awesome about you. And th- and that's good. And I want people to be able to write that down and celebrate that. I don't yeah. think we, again, it almost feels self-centered and self-serving, but I think, man, it's a healthy and beautiful thing to ponder what Jesus thinks about you because he thinks you're amazing. And I don't think yeah. we get enough of that. So the process for me has been moving from a God, a character of God that theologically I believe these things about him, but in my heart, I actually believed him to be somebody different, which was he doesn't hand out many compliments. Mm. Um, I'm a, hmm. I'm a sinful person who is pretty dirty and Jesus dies on the cross for me. And he rose from the dead. And because of that, I'm not dirty anymore. But really, if we had to sit down and make a list of things, that's really the, the big list of things. And then Jesus makes me better. And it took me a while to get to a place of going, oh, no, God is like rich with compliments. And because he made me, because yeah. he redeemed me, yeah. um, he, he overflows with them. Yeah. Um, so it was a process for me. It's still one. It's an ongoing one. If I put Steve's name or Jamie's name in the middle mm-hmm. of this and then tried to think of positive things that God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit thinks about Steve or Jamie, I mean, I could fill that sheet out three or four times, no problem, and pray all day, and it'd be awesome. Feel yep. free. Okay, yeah, thanks. I'll do that, I'll do that next. <laughs> Um, if I put my name there, all of a sudden my options really shrink and anything I put has got three or four asterisks behind it because I know better. And <laughs> and I wonder if some of that goes back to this idea that the the kind of the God voice we have in our heads uh, is is a condemning voice. It's not really it's not really the God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's right. this kind of uh, moral authority who is always telling us we should shape up a little bit. You know, it's kind of that bug zapper God that you got in the, yes. on your shoulder. And and to be able to say, the voice I have in my head, I don't want it to be that moral authority God that's always telling me what I'm doing wrong. I want actually the spirit of Jesus to be able to tell me what a delight I am in his eyes uh, as a forgiven child, as redeemed, as someone who's already been made a part of the new creation ahead of time. Uh, I You know, I like to say Jesus thinks you're awesome. But, but the reason I say it that almost nonchalantly is because we know deep theological truths about Jesus loving me and dying on the cross. Yes. We sometimes forget that he just like likes you. He likes hanging mm-hmm. out with you. He likes spending time with you. He likes to hear what's going on in your life. So this page 85, um, if you're listening along at home and you haven't done it yet, go for it. And if you tried it and it was an abject failure, that's okay. Try it again. And if it still didn't work, try putting someone else's name in the middle and do it first. And, and then try your name next and see if you get anything out of it. And if you don't, it's okay. No pressure. No stress. Jesus still thinks you're awesome. You could also put your name in the middle and pretend you're one of your friends. <laughs> oh, I like that too. I was just going to say that we've actually, we've actually done some stuff like that. Like when one of us is really struggling with our own identity and we'll say, what would you tell your friend who, if they were going through the exact same thing you're going through right now? And all Mm. of a sudden you're like, Oh gosh, I would tell them this and this and this. And all of a sudden that moral authority, God, that you're you're like, Oh, I wouldn't tell them. I would not tell them what's going on in my head right now. If I knew they were in the same situation as me. Yeah. So I would be kinder. Yeah. I'd be kinder with almost anybody. I, I'm I'm willing to give grace to anybody, you know, but probably not me, but anybody else really, really just needs grace. Yes. 
Steve, Jamie, I love you guys. So good to see you today. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, before we're done, is there anything that comes out of this conversation, either in your ministry, your personal life? Is there a next step you see Jesus inviting you into today? I already knew that this time period, God had already invited us to just kind of be waiting to see how Jamie would respond to surgery. And so I was, I was already kind of like, okay, this is a time of rest and taking care of Jamie and being at home and being close to Tomball. And then the coronavirus hit and kind of added on to that. And all of a sudden it was like, uh, I was really wrestling with what, what am I supposed to be doing? And, um, I really, we talked about this this morning and I feel like he's really inviting me to really live into this space at home with my kids who are home and not going back to school and, and really delight in some of the, the delightful things of like planting the flower beds and working on some woodworking stuff with my kids um, so that I can just receive from him during this time because the things that we do, they'll come, mm. but I don't need to force them. Mm. So um, it's really kind of sitting in the delightful things he's given in this space rather than looking to like be ready for when this space is done. Okay. Um, so. so looking for the delight in the moment you've been given. That, that's a great next step. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, how yeah. about you? Is there something you, you've been invited into? Probably similar, but just not fighting so much against reality. Mm. Uh, this is the day I've been given. So instead of trying to do the right thing or rush it along or, I don't know, however I try to control things to get past today, this is today. Mm. And I don't know a lot of things of what's next or when things change in my health or in our country or in the world, but I have today and Jesus is with me in today. So it's surrendering a lot of control and trusting him with the future that's unknown to me and seeking his goodness. Mm. I mean, surrendering control sounds like a huge next step, but you put it in the context of like today, just surrendering control of today. That seems like something that maybe I can do at least today and tomorrow I can figure that out again Very tomorrow. Good. Thanks for the reminder. I do sometimes <laughs> bite off more than I can chew. <laughs> well, I, I think for me, a next step is, is actually going to be to do this this uh, stained glass prayer, and I'm going to put my name in the middle and actually uh, kind of take some prayerful time thinking about that. Uh, we'll see what comes out, but I've, um, this time, but but asking Jesus what he likes best about me and, and what makes him proud of me and, and uh, asking, inviting the Spirit to give me a glimpse of the heart of the Father for me, um, I might take a risk and actually try doing that uh, in the next couple of days. So good for you. Uh, is there a promise that that you are holding on to from Jesus that helps you uh, either Steve kind of delight in the the time you've been given or Jamie let go of the the control of the day? Is there a promise you're holding on to? I've really I've really felt him in the last few days, just really saying I've I've got this I've got you I've got everybody, and you don't have to know things you don't know and, or do things you can't do. Um, so you can, you know, just stay close to me and I'll, I'll invite you into the things you can know and the things you can do. And, and I think I'm always wanting to have a plan that, you know, stretches out a number of months, which he's been curing me of for the last few years and now certainly <laughs> is doing that in this time. Um, yeah. and I find it's yeah. very, it's, it's very refreshing when you can live in that space. Um, mm. cause I'm not carrying responsibility that's not mine. 
-hmm. For me, it would be Psalm 23, um, the verse, he guides me in right paths for his name's sake. I like to know that somebody knows where we're going. That helps me trust him. And I also like that it's not so much about me screwing it up, but he has a vested interest because it's for his name's sake. And so it helps me trust more that he knows what he's doing. He's guiding me. He's working out his good purposes for me and everybody else. You gave yourself holy That was Kip Fox's song, The Dignity of the Cross. You can find more music from Kip Fox on his webpage and find more about Breathe Life Ministry on their webpage. Both of those links are in the description of this podcast. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. What a crazy time we're living in. And yet the fact that we can gather together around God's word is a real comfort. As you leave today, remember that Jesus values you. Jesus thinks you're awesome. He enjoys spending time with you, even if it's time that doesn't look like it normally does. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time here at Next Step Press.